Welcome everybody to the Geekscape Games podcast, level one, Shadows of Smash Brothers. This is our very first episode of our very first brand new all video game centered podcast at the Geekscape Network. Uh, I am Shane O'Hare. I'm surrounded with three of my favorite gamers. Uh, first, we got Derek Krenevelt. I thought this was a board game podcast. I think I'm in the uh, wrong place. Yeah, no, that's 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 next week. Sorry, man. Here, we'll kick you out. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, Juan Carlos. Yeah, I brought apples to apples. I don't know if we're going to get this thing started soon or not. Shit, I should probably uh, pack out my, my Little Pony uh, Monopoly. <laughs> we can start playing that. And lastly, but of course not leastly, we have the illustrious Josh Jackson. Yeah, I barely got here. Too busy playing Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's actually uh, uh, the four of us were just going through some uh, online multiplayer um, just before this recording. Little, some little hiccups, and uh, but when we get to the playing section of our podcast, uh, we'll, we, I know we all have a lot to say about it. Uh, to give uh, everyone kind of an outline of what we're doing, um, we're testing some things out. We're going to try to cover the first half, just news and goings on in the industry. Uh, for the you know the last week, and then the second half we're gonna try to cover stuff that we're playing. But who knows? Uh, this beast may change, and it might actually, <clears throat> in fact, change into a board game only podcast. So we'll go from there. Um, <laughs> uh, l- let's do a little uh, extra introduction. Um, I think uh, if people don't follow Geekscape and they um, not familiar with stuff we're writing, um, they won't know what kind of gamers we are. So uh, Derek, why don't you? Give us a little introduction. Uh, if you had to say you were an expert in something, video games, what would you be the expert of at this roundtable? Um, I'm a big survival horror fan, actually. And it's almost hard to be one of those these days because the last uh, five to eight years have just been terrible for the genre. But um, I really feel... well. Obviously, with things like, you know, The Evil Within and all of the great indie horror games and stuff that are coming out. And then, you know, Kojima and Guillermo del Toro working on the new Silent Hills and that that freaking PT uh, playable teaser for, for Silent Hills for PS4. You know, I think we're about to see a big resurgence in the genre, and I couldn't be more excited for that. But that would probably be my biggest area of expertise. Right on, right on. And going down the line, uh, Juan, I think I got a good idea what your expertise is, but why don't you give us a little background? Um, I think of one particular series of games that I really enjoy uh, are platformers. Um, the going back to the original Super Mario Brothers, uh, even going back further, we used to play Pitfall on my uncle's old Atari Twenty Six Hundred, um, and just recently, really loving Shovel Knight and Wacamele Super Championship Turbo Edition. Um, I, I would say those kind of games are my favorite. Right on, right on, cool, cool, cool. And uh, going back down to Josh, what uh, are your expertise? Um, for me, I would have to say that it's platformers and fighting games. Um, pretty much grew up on Street Fighter II, uh, kept playing all the way up. You know, for a while there was kind of a lull in the uh, fighting game community or as far as new fighting games, but Street Fighter Four kind of revived everything, so now is a pretty good time to be into it. But other than that, just a little bit of everything. Um, Back to survival horror, like Derek would say, was saying, like, I would have been all over that if there were actually survival horror games being made anymore, aside from the handful of ones that get released every so often. But, and other than that, yeah, um, my online record is Smash, would show it, but I play 
fighting games pretty much all the time. So. <laughs> um, and um, I guess me, I would have to say I am a PC Master Race lover. <laughs> uh, I grew up playing first-person shooters on the PC. Um, I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in Counter-Strike Source, and I'm slowly just clocking them away on Counter-Strike Global Offensive. So that's my, I guess, my expertise. But, um, you know, everyone's kind of said survival horror. And um, I remember playing Resident Evil 2 on the N64 and kind of getting hooked. And even though I kind of like subconsciously hated it and being afraid of playing video games, I've bought almost every Resident Evil um, and, uh, you know, some of the scarier like Amnesia on the PC um, so I'm really excited for what's coming up the next couple of years, survival horror. Um, but we'll we'll definitely get to that in the coming weeks of the show. Um, but uh, let's get let's get into things on news. There was two uh, pretty big updates for the handheld market. Both the 3DS and the Vita got updates for themes. Um, did did one come out before the other, or do you guys think that this was just kind of a uh, the two separate companies had an independent idea and just coincidentally they got released at the same time. I think they both both companies said a while back that they were working on theme updates and they just happened to coincidentally release within a few days of each other. Um, I don't know, like it is what it is. The The Vita update, the themes that are available right now look kind of stupid in my opinion and much more than I would like themes for the PlayStation Vita. I wish that they would get rid of that freaking interface like since the day the Vita came out, that that interface has just been awful, and uh, I I feel like Sony Sony ha- like hasn't done a really good user interface since like the cross menu bar was amazing for its time like on the PSP and then later the PS3, and you know now we've got the PS4 interface which is kind of confusing, and then the Vita interface looks like it's something for kids, and I just really wish that they would update that rather than giving us some stupid silly themes and. All those crazy bubbles all over the just place. Just the, the bubbles and like, and, and they just wiggle around and it's like, I don't want to touch the screen if I don't have to because then I'm getting fingerprints on it and and, and everything like that. I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan of that. Yeah, I, I, um, there was, um, what was the name of the, the console that was between the PSP and the, the Vita? Like, PSP, uh, PSP Go. Go. The Go. Um, that, did that use the PSP interface? I think it still had the cross media bar, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, I was there ever like a public like thought process from Sony why they ditched that because as far as I can tell the Vita is the only one that left that convention. I think it was just old. Like the PSP came out in what 2003 and 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 the the media interface hadn't really changed since then and I think it was just they they had to update it at some point and it was just they didn't, you know, they didn't update it in a good way, in in my opinion. But, but I think both the PS4 and the Vita UIs could use a lot of work. Uh, the Vita more than the PS4, but um, I don't know. Themes are cool. Themes 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 are way better than a usable interface. So yeah, I um I just recently got a PlayStation Four, um, and it was I said it was my first PlayStation, but I actually had a PSP on launch, uh, but. I didn't really use it, but uh, I have to agree. The PS4, the home screen just feels cluttered. There's just so much shit going on. You know, you, you have a new friends popping on and like their recent achievements. And uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I honestly wish somebody would emulate the old blade system from the 360 because that was 
a damn near perfect um, interface. Yeah, no, I agree. That blade, yeah, the blade system was perfect. Yeah. I love that system, and I still don't know why they got rid of it with all of the stupid avatar waving and crap whenever you turn on the oh, Xbox. God. Yeah, and uh, um, what's a if you had to compare between the PS4 and the Xbox One? I know Derek, you have both of them. Um, <clears throat> which, uh, as it stands right now, which one has a better interface? Uh, the Xbox One interface is much better, and, and it's like they they both have their issues, but the Xbox One interface is just so much more usable. Like I hate on the PS4, like you just have like one row of like a hundred icons. So if I want to go and play a game, like you know that I played two months ago and I haven't played since then, like you got to scroll through like everything, and it takes forever. Um, really yeah it's it's really kind of janky and and the xbox one interface you know it's it's an evolution of what they had last on the xbox 360 so it's fluid it's it's i don't i don't have a lot of complaints about that one um and be with the you know the the voice controls on the xbox one are really probably one of my favorite parts of the system because i really i rarely use the interface because i just use my voice for everything and that's pretty stellar um and i know the ps the ps Four has something like that as well if you do have the camera but of course i don't because it wasn't a pack-in and so i'm not going to spend 50 dollars on a useless accessory but uh which the connect will become i think now that it's not bundled <laughs> in but um the xbox is probably my favorite next netflix machine as it is right now um <laughs> though i did just you know i did just pick up diablo 3 for the console which i haven't i hadn't played on the computer at all and the only reason i actually grabbed it for the xbox uh, I already had a second three six uh, a second Xbox One controller, and uh, so it's easy for me and and to, you know me and my girlfriend to play split screen or not not split screen but local co op, um, which is freaking phenomenal. We've put so many hours into that already, and it's so fluid and and it's a lot of fun. Hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Right on. Well, um, and besides the Vita, the 3DS had a pretty stellar update. There was um, a day one patch for Smash Brothers US. And then there was a firmware update a few days later, um, which included the themes. Uh, I just which are way better the than in. the is they're way better than the Vita themes, by the way. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check out the premium ones. I just changed mine to blue. But Juan, you said you bought a couple of them. Yeah, I bought the uh, Link Between Worlds theme, and I purchased the retro Mar- Super Mario Brothers theme. Uh, I gotta say, like if especially for the Zelda 3DS XL that I received as a gift last year, it just the themes complement the the exterior of the system very well. So um, it, I got even when you scroll through your icons like pages, it, it, there's a different picture in each side. It all runs fluid. It comes with its own set of sound effects when you start a game or start an app or check your friends list. Oh. Um, and, and they both and they you know for two bucks. Yeah, it's a good amount of content. I mean, it's not necessary, uh, but you know, for people who take a lot of pride in customizing their 3DS XLs, uh, it's a nice little thing to match the the exterior. Okay, so you think it's it's a good buy? And um, did they did they announce that there would be like user created themes or user submitted themes, or is it all going to be just? From the pi- Nintendo pipeline, we are I, talking. Uh, we are talking about Nintendo, so yeah, <laughs> it'll be Nintendo yeah. only. <laughs> I, they'll release a bunch right away, and then they'll never look at it again. Basically, hmm. pretty much. Uh, I, but I think with this kind of stuff, like if they did it with Smash Brothers, where uh, you can have a theme of your main character, they would make so much money having a fist. I mean, all these microtransactions have becoming a big boon for Nintendo in the last couple of months. Um, so I can't imagine them not doing something with Smash Brothers. 
uh, where they just give you themes for Zero Suit Samus, all the waifus, just get, put Palutena, Wii Fit Trainer, uh, <laughs> Female Robin, you know, just put what, them all in there. Can, can somebody tell me what the fuck a waifu is? Like, I keep seeing this oh all over God. the place. And, and, and <laughs> I, someone like Juan, you were throwing up messages on Smash Brothers. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> Um, I guess the quick and dirty way to describe it is waifu is kind of shit. How do I explain this without saying like a like, almost like a almost like a video game girlfriend? Yeah, like a video game or like um, fictional character that is your girlfriend. It's kind of this like your cartoon otaku. crush. Car- yeah, okay, yeah. That's the best way to describe it without getting really too creepy uh, and like you know being that neckbeard weeaboo guy. Um, I because I I know some like just ridiculous shit uh, about some of the most horrendous stuff on the internet, and I don't know where it comes from. I it Japan. goes in and it gets yeah. I come, well, yeah, a lot of that stuff does come from Japan. So, but yeah, um, everybody's got a waifu. Um, so what you're even, saying even, uh, is that I am on the wrong podcast. <laughs> yes yes you're on the depends wrong. who your waifu is yeah who's your who's your waifu derek if you had to pick I, i'm not having this conversation <laughs> okay um the the one thing that um i think is interesting in regards to the 3ds themes is for the new 3ds that's coming out hopefully next year in u.s um they they have face plates that you can you can buy i think they were $15 US, the ones that are available for pre-order, and if you have like a 3DS XL or I guess a regular 3DS, you can get an idea of just like the colored plastic will pop off and you can get, um, the one I've seen passed around the most is the Monster Hunter 4 um, template, and they supposedly also come with the themes for the UI. Oh, that's cool. So, and that was something... Um, Microsoft tried to do way back on the three. Way back. Oh yeah, way back when it came out, and yeah, it never went. Back. Oh yeah. I mean, they they'd have like you could buy a faceplate for X amount of dollars, and then get the the theme, and that yeah, that didn't go anywhere. I because there's the faceplates were so small. I ended up pre-ordering Eternal Sonata just to get the faceplates from GameStop. So really, those yeah, now they're like a hundred bucks a piece, so it's ridiculous. Oh wow. Oh shit. I feel like it's right. uh, it's kind of infuriating that because the faceplates are only for the new smaller 3ds right they won't be going to the the are they is it the ll or is it just the new xl or what right are they it's only gonna it? go for the new 3ds why why like like nintendo just like yeah we know we're gonna make enough money on the xl we don't want millions more from these freaking sweet face plates like i think i think the way that um if i'm looking at my xl that's in front of me i always had this problem where the bottom the bottom shell kind of like peeled apart and like i can i can open it with my thumb pretty easily it doesn't come all the way off, but uh, that's there. But on my girlfriend's, she has a regular 3DS, um, and the it seems like all unibody. And I guess maybe the different molds, because they already have that factory set up, and they're only making the only like inherent difference between the molds between the current XL and the new XL is just going to be that C stick that's in there. So it would make sense that the the one that already feels like it could come apart. Um, they wouldn't change, you know, their their molds in their factory, that you know that drastically. Okay. And um, yeah, I uh, I have a lot to say actually about the the new 3ds, but we'll, when we get to our Smash Bros section, we'll um we'll bring that up. Uh, going back to news, um, we got the Smash Bros Wii U uh release date for November twenty first. 
And that also comes with the Amiibos, the um, uh, the little NFC Skylander kind of uh, Disney Infinity toys that Nintendo's putting out. It's a, it's a, is anybody... It's a terrible time to release those because uh, I'm going to be broke because it's almost Christmas. And then they're like, here, spend another $1,000 on all this shit. And I'm going to do it. Um, I, I did it. Well, that's already. all that matters. To them. Yeah, but Juan's probably already, you already pre-ordered all of them. Probably, uh, I, I, I will begrudgingly admit that I have pre-ordered every single one on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I cannot wait I, to. I pre-ordered six. I can't of wait them, to I go think. get them. Like they look so well, and I saw them at. Uh, I didn't get to go to E3 this year, but I saw them at Comic Con in July, and they looked stellar. Like. A, I don't. I probably won't play yeah. with them that much. Like I'm probably, you know, I'm not as interested in the NFC stuff. I just want those things on my shelf. Like they're gorgeous. Yeah. Could I just? Yeah. We. I saw them at Comic Con too, and I was really taken aback at how beautiful and how well crafted they are. And I've always wanted to collect the Figma figures, the uh, the Link from Skyward Sword, the Samus mm-hmm. one, um, and even the Pit and Dark Pit uh, Figma figures. But they're always like sixty, sixty five dollars. Uh, but I think this is for twelve or eleven dollars. I forget what the exact price is going to be, but um, I could easily invest. Like for the price I would get one Figma figure, I can get about five or six of the Amiibos, and they have function for my games too. So, no, do do you think that function is going to be a huge selling point? Because um, I never got on board with the Disney Infinity or the Skylanders um, stuff. It just seemed like a genius marketing move nintendo is going to make it's going to print money for them it's going to be like the the ds all over again but are are people like us in their you know 18 to 34 demographic do you think it's going to be a huge selling point or is it just going to be something tacked on that you know you're going to buy your kids i i I mean i guess it would vary from game to game and how they use it but as far as smash brothers and how they're using those it doesn't really seem like anything that i would ever use right because i don't Feel like I would ever really want to train like a C uh, like a CPU version of Mark to fight with me. I can have been pretty comfortable fighting by myself without any additional like computer aspect since Smash came out. So it doesn't really feel necessary. But I mean, with that said, like everyone else was saying, I'm gonna pretty much buy majority of them if not all of them just to have them as decorations or just to collect. Yeah, them. yeah Nintendo fans are like a unique kind of group. Like. You know, we we thrive on nostalgia. We like we like we love we have an attachment to our characters, especially with the Smash Brothers crowd. Everybody has a main or two that they just simply adore and they love. And I can easily see the Marth. And actually, on Amazon, the Marth, get this, Marth, We Fit Trainer, and the Villager from Animal Crossing consistently sold out. I think at this moment right now, Marth and the Villager are unavailable for pre-order. Because they consistently really? sell out. I got a I got an update from Amazon saying like when this becomes available, we'll contact you. The I got it like twenty minutes and twenty minutes they were all gone. The Holy second crap, stop. Really. So I think the Smash Brothers crowd is really gonna you know they're gonna pick one or two for their mains. Um, the, the diehard Nintendo fan who orders from Club Nintendo on a consistent basis are always you know complaining that they want better prizes. They're gonna get this because there's that fear that if I don't buy these figures now. Like Wave 1. They already announced Wave 2. Like the first four or five figures for Wave 2. So, uh, yeah, I think these are going to sell pretty well. Um, I would love to see something where if you buy the figure, you get, say, a theme for your 3DS for free. You get that $2 value for free. 
Or if you buy a bundle like of two or three figures, you get the classic Nintendo game or a Super Nintendo game that they first appeared in. So if you buy Marth, you get maybe Fire Emblem from the GBA for uh, the virtual mm. console service. You know, just something a little bit extra that's different from Skylanders or Disney Infinity. What? See, that would be the lo- the logical like train of thought. You know, you buy uh, like say a Fire Emblem pack of the Amiibos and you get the game. But knowing Nintendo, they're they're, they're probably not going to do that. No, they're they won't. so they're, they're so. Um, you know, everybody praises them as, you know, being the company, but they are super money hungry. They have their, the reason why I buy all my 3DS games on carts is their really crappy uh, download policy. So that if your 3DS gets jacked or like destroyed and they can't do a system transfer, they, there's no option to re-download your games. Yeah, they have a record of it and they can see you paid for it um, on your Nintendo ID, but there's no there's no option. And their their logic is, well, you know, if you get your DS stolen, it's like getting your binder of carts stolen. But that's that's so uh, backwards thinking from the the modern, you know, digital distribution service. I, yeah, I think agree. it's less I think it's less something it's less of them being money hungry and just more of them being archaic like they still, you know, this whole online thing is still new to them. You know, where everyone else was, you know, you know, in the end of the PS2 era was the time when everyone is getting online. Like, the Wii U is the first real, like, it's Nintendo's first real foray into the online world, into the DLC world, and everything like that. And I think that they are backwards, absolutely. absolutely. And I just hope that it changes sooner than later. But it's, I, I think it's less of a money-hungry thing and more of, like, they just don't know what the hell they're doing for a lot of that stuff. But, yeah, like you guys mm. said, I would love to see with, with the Amiibos or... If we're expanding on that, you know, like you buy the uh, Disney Infinity playset and it comes with like, you know, a huge chunk of DLC. I would love to see that as well. Like if I'm, I'm already going, you know, I'm already going to buy every piece of DLC that they release for Mario Kart. But, you know, what if I could buy this character or this character and it, un- it unlocks them in the game or it unlocks them in a couple of tracks or something like that. Maybe that are even, ex- you know, they're not selling just as the, just the DLC, but you buy the Amiibo and it just comes with that. Um, I, I would I love think, to see something oh. like that as well. I right. think that the, and I don't, on the subject real quick of uh, Disney Infinity and then the Amiibos, I don't know if anyone else heard. It was an interview about maybe a week or so ago where one of the people at Disney said that they were in that them and Nintendo had unofficial talks about Amiibo. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if, say, like Disney Infinity three, you could actually use like Mario on the oh, that would be or something like that? Hmm. Yeah, that would be amazing. And then maybe like a patch for. You know, you could get some of the Disney Infinity stuff on Smash Bros. I mean, this is, you know, thinking in the clouds, but it would be kind of badass to, you know, have, you know, your in- Disney Infinity group in Smash Brothers. But that feels like, you know, that's why you can make custom thinking. fighters now, remember? So you can make whoever you want. To a, to a degree. And you can stop I mean, emailing the guy asking him to put new characters in. That was him <laughs> asking you to stop, Shane. <laughs> hey, I didn't ask anybody. I just pissed that they took Solid Snake out. He was my jam. I could just wipe everybody up and brawl with him. And um, before that, Roy. They took Roy out from the melee to, to brawl uh, transition. So I'm, you know, I'm disappointed either way. So you can't please me. I always, thought, I always me. thought Solid Snake was such a weird character for that game. Like, he's such a, you know terrible person not not he's not a terrible person <laughs> but i mean like he killed so many people so violently and he's like only only if you did it yourself because 
you can there's achievements and challenges going through all those games. Oh, that's true. With no deaths. That's true. But it's so shit it sounds like you're doing. the horrible person. Whenever you play Metal Gear Solid, you're the horrible person. So you need to quit, you know, projecting on Solid Snake here and look <laughs> did inward. You, did you guys? Do you remember in Metal Gear Solid Three when you? I can't remember what his name is. It's like the end or something. But he like fucks with your mind and you have to walk up this river oh, the and, sorrow. and uh, avoid everyone that you've ever killed in the game. Yeah, that, that level took me like two hours because I killed everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, so I, yeah, no. See, I remember at go. one point it's... I was like, "Did this glitch out? Like, did the, did I break the game?" Because I even like paused it and looked it up, and it was like, "Oh, it'll just take like you know, it takes like maybe five minutes." And I'm like, two hours in, and I'm like, "What is going on?" Did you keep healing? I don't even remember. It was so long ago, but I just. Uh, it sounds like you're murder hungry. You're absolutely murder hungry. So. Well, it's it's much it's, easier to find guns with bullets than it is with tranquilizer darts. So, you gotta you have to avoid conflict. Avoid the conflict. Yeah, just don't get spotted. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, moving <laughs> on to our next news topic. Uh, today or late last night, uh, the team over at Monster Hunter Four Ultimate released a new trailer for um, the Metroid Armor Packs. So you could be Samus or Zero Suit Samus. And they have a couple of skins for, um, I think it's the probably the heavy bolt gun, if I'm saying that correctly, one. Um, but it looks like um, Samus's arm cannon. Um, I'm kind of hyped for it. I'm ready to get Monster Hunter 4. I played the shit out of Monster Hunter 3. And the... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they have a lot of the special armor packs in the Japanese release? And just not in the, the US release? Yeah, they had some, but not as many as they're showing now. Okay, so now like, it um, seems like they're popping up with new ones every other week. Yeah, they have so far. We got uh, Link, uh, and they have uh, some Animal Crossing uh, skins for your uh, felines, which I think is and Sonic the Hedgehog too. Wait, oh, there's a Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep, skin? really. But, mm. I was talking about this earlier with Megan, but uh, the messed up part is, you know, there's Samus. There's uh, Sonic, there's Animal Crossing characters, and there's no Mega Man. <laughs> it's by Capcom. I was I was saying the only way that Mega Man's going to get into Monster Hunter is if Nintendo buys Mega Man and then they include him as a Nintendo character. Hmm, that's well, I I feel like there's kind of some bad blood between Capcom and the team over at Mighty Number no. Nine because just like the little bits and pieces I've read from you know, casual interviews with some of the people working on that team that there's Capcom's kind of pissed that they're, you know, they're not, they're making an an essentially a new Mega Man game, but doing it as legally as possible. Uh, So that might be it. I think the only reason Mega Man ended up in Smash Bros is that it was a Nintendo idea. Um, But it, you know, Capcom's kind of pissed about it. Do you guys think the same thing or? Well, like, Capcom already kind of threw Mega Man aside before any of that even happened. Part of the reason that Marty, Mighty Number no. 9 came to be to begin with was because Capcom canceled Legends, Capcom canceled Mega Man Universe, and they weren't doing anything with the property. So, I mean, I feel like, I don't know, Capcom just seems all over the place lately. I mean, they used, uh, you know, the excuse that there wasn't enough fan interest to make Mega Man Legends 3 and yet they a few years later they went and made Lost Planet 3 and I can't think of anybody who really was you know clamoring for a Lost Planet 3 so um, yeah. I don't know it just feels like Mighty Number no. 9 if anything was just um, 
responding to the fact that they weren't making Mega Man. So, I mean, they might be mad about it now, but... Because it was so the best so way successful. To do it would be to do something with Mega Man, I think. Hmm. All right. Um, anybody else got any other thoughts on Monster Hunter? Um, Juan, I know you're um, a pretty pretty big Monster Hunter fan. Are you hyped for Monster Hunter 4? I, I can't be more hyped than I am already. Like, it, this was before even the Zelda armor was announced, and then just the Sonic, and now with Metroid. It's, it's just, just give me the game already. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I think, all right, I got... Bayonetta 2 at the end of the month, and then we got Smash Brothers next month, and then uh, there's an, uh, and then we have Monster Hunter next year. Like, I, I can't find Captain a break. Toad. Captain Toad. December Captain 5th. Mother effing Toad, man. The guy's a straight-up thug. I, I gotta get that <laughs> game, too. No, think about it. That guy's a straight-up thug, man. He's like, you, Mario has to jump. F that junk. I'll just walk. <laughs> i i've never heard toe described as a thug so um that's that's a new one we're gonna put that we're gonna have that on the back of the box you know like one of the bullet points just straight up thug juan carlos it's like the quotes from all the other media outlets a fantastic journey like ign and then right at the bottom toad is a straight up thug geekscape <laughs> uh, you heard it here first toad is a straight up thug um <laughs> Uh, the next big thing that came out that I was, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, Assassin's Creed Unity, um, it was announced that it's going to be locked at 900p aspect ratio and at 30 frames a second on both the PS4 and the Xbox One. There's no news about a PC release. Um, and the Assassin's Creed's been kind of kind of iffy on the PC. Um, it's been either hit or miss. And uh, I know, especially with Ubisoft's, you know, um, Watchdogs on the PC being like purposely dialed back. Um, what, what do you guys? What do you guys feel about this? Do you think that they've already hit the hardware limits on the new consoles that are you know only about a a, a year in? I feel like, they're or amazing. is it something more from the company because they have this track record of trying to keep everything hom- homogenous between all platforms? It, well, it's Ubisoft, so we all know how Watchdogs turned out, but. Um... Aside from that fact, I feel like it's well. It's just it's just a hundred percent them being lazy. They don't, you know. That obviously, it's very much the opposite this generation of last generation. Last generation, it was always whenever there was a multi-platform game, it ran and looked better on the Xbox 360. And it seems to be the opposite this time, where the Xbox seems stuck around that 900p mark, where the PS4 will tip, excuse me, typically get up to the 1080p level, and you know now. You know, and that's never been an issue before. And now Ubisoft is is just you know we're just running 900p on both. The uh, pretty sure Assassin's Creed Four ran at full 1080p after they patched it, and that didn't you know. Yeah. Unity doesn't look mind blowingly better than that. Um, one thing that really bugged me is that they say, you know, they they said that they were not they wouldn't do a Wii U version of Unity because they did, didn't want to cheat fans by providing a lesser version of the same game. And now they're doing exactly that with the console version because. You know, at least, uh, you know, I'm sure the PS4 could run it better. Again, I don't, you know, the 900 to 1080p, it's not that big of a difference. I don't really care, but it's more the principle of the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. like, don't tell me that you're not releasing on the Wii U for this reason and then do that exact same thing for the other console. Like, Yeah, I, I with the um, Last of Us Remastered coming with that 30, uh, that 30 frame lock, but you also have the ability to turn that off and go up to 60 frames, the, the, the hardware can handle it, and you're right. Unity doesn't look that much bigger and badder than 
Assassin's Creed 4. I do think it's going to be interesting um, with the the fully-fledged interiors, because at least on the E3 demo, they had everyone going inside that mansion, and it was a pretty you know, fully-fledged-out building that pe- they were able to just seamlessly go in and out. So maybe there's that, but you know, the the last couple of releases from Ubisoft have really shat the bit. Yeah, yeah, and especially with Watch Dogs on the PC just being so so crappy, and then it took a monitor to go out and say, "Hey, no, all these options and files are here. They're just disabled from you to turn them on or off." Uh, and then when when you turn them on, the game looks absolutely gorgeous. But it still is a crappy game. I feel like Watch Dogs. Yeah, I feel like Watch Dogs <laughs> is probably one of my most disappointing releases like in the last number of years because like i remember like well because it was supposed to hit ps4 and xbox one at launch right it was supposed to be a launch title and i was like yes this is my number one game like watchdogs is my number one game because look at look at these amazing graphics look at just how expansive this hacking thing is and you can literally adapt anything to do anything you want and then it comes out and it's just like it's like I, I, I don't even have words to describe it. It's just, it's just infinitely disappointing. I remember I played it for maybe five hours, and then I brought it back to GameStop, and I was like, I'm going to get another game because this one's a piece of crap. Like, wow. It just it was wasn't like fun. The, like, the hacking was so simplistic. Again. You didn't have any control over it. It was basically pressing the one hacking button at the right time as you drove past the thing, and that was it. And then, like, you know, the AI was dumb, and the graphics were, like, it didn't look any... You know, The Last of Us on PS3 was a better-looking game than Watch Dogs on the PS4. Like, when you were driving around the city, it legitimately looked worse than Grand Theft Auto V. Like, what is that? Mm. And then they're claiming, you know, this is the f- this is the first true next-gen game, and it was, like, oh, it was yeah. just a pile of crap, really. I think the first true next-gen games come out about six times now. <laughs> That's true. Watch Dogs That's was true. the Match.com of video games. look great on the internet promising then you actually meet it and it doesn't live up to any at all expectations then you realize the game i already had looked better than this so i'm gonna go back to that wow that's the most poignant poignant like description of it i've ever heard and like i didn't hate watchdogs but one of the things that always bugged me is when you would drive past the red light and block someone who was chasing you it was less that traffic got in his way and more that all of a sudden everyone started driving like shit <laughs> and there was just this giant pile of cars that really wasn't there right before when you drove past so it was just bizarre mm-hmm. and the city yeah, was I, just I, the, I, the city was oh. just lifeless like there was nothing to do in the city whatsoever and, and the hey, whole man, you could play chess with people yeah yeah you had a, yeah there was nothing to do in the city except a bunch of crappy mini games that you, you're gonna touch once yeah, I, I skipped over it myself. It just didn't do it for me, and I don't know. I've been really selective with my games this past year because uh, I just I dropped a shit ton of money on my PC, so I've been playing as much on the PC, and like I just got a PlayStation 4 and haven't had my 360 on, so I, I completely missed it. So like, it sounds like I didn't miss much. I wish I could have missed it. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> we'll make a time machine and go back and save past you from Watch Dogs. And then it sold so many um, copies too, which it didn't deserve at all. Really, was it? So it was a pretty successful seller. Yeah, the it was like the I think Destiny may have beat it, but at the time it was the like biggest release of a new IP in terms of sales for your first three for your first weekend or something like that. And then Destiny beat it very quickly, but it sold like I can't remember how many copies, but it was millions within a few days. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much just sold on the hype 
And then now after those sales numbers, they're pretty much kind of touted as how much of a success Watch Dogs was, even though most of the people who played it seem to have a big problem. And, and, and no, uh, Ubisoft has got a pretty good track record of f- like listening and fixing all the problems on the second iteration. Um, I never finished Assassin's Creed 1 because it, of all like the... Because there was only three missions? The, yeah, there was only three missions, like, and you had to do like you know all those little tedious like side missions. The combat was was funky. Uh, Assassin's Creed Two came out, and that was a damn near perfect game. Yeah, so Assassin's Creed Two blew it away. It was fantastic. But I mean, didn't yeah. they learn? For, shouldn't they have um, learned from that series? And you know, it's like instead of releasing this piece of crap Watchdog, let's just make you know, let's just do what we would have done for the second game. It is basically, yeah, it's exactly, it's Assassin's Creed 1 all over again in that there's three mission types that you're doing all over and over and over again. And, you know, now they're going to make a really good second one. And it's like, why couldn't you have made a really good first one? Like, hmm. you're obviously a talented studio. Had, like, like, yeah, I could imagine if they advertised Assassin's Creed 1 like it really played. Like, on the back of the box, you look at it and it's like exciting missions, like sitting on benches. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it would have sold well. Walking slowly. Uh, <laughs> Get ready to spend 27 minutes in a haystack. <laughs> <laughs> haystack simulator. Um, all right, guys. Well, I think that's up on news. Does anybody else want to talk about any news from the last week before we get onto what we've been playing? Did anybody get a chance to play Drive Club yet? No. no, I, no. So it released yesterday. I was waiting for the PS Plus uh, version. It had major. They're they're having major server issues, so they actually postponed the release of the PlayStation Plus edition, which was what I was waiting for because I really wanted to spend some time with it before dropping the fifty bucks. Um, I know reviews are okay, but uh, I, I've been reading a lot of actual user thoughts on Reddit, and they say that it's a lot better than the reviews seem to have given. Um, it's a it's a more basic like there's there's not a ton in terms of customization and everything but I've heard like it it's an absolutely beautiful game like I don't know if you guys have watched any of the videos or anything like that but it is mind blowingly mm-hmm. gorgeous uh, I can't wait to spend some time with it I don't know whether or not I'll drop the money on it but it looks pretty cool yeah I'm I'm personally waiting for the crew to come out uh, I got to play it at Comic Con and then played it again at PAX and that uh, especially with the Thrustmaster Ferrari wheel which I. I don't know if I'm gonna drop the five six hundred dollars on the Ferrari wheel setup. Just do it. But it it was the, the game that. is Yolo. <laughs> the, the little Indiegogo Shane getting a, a Ferrari wheel. <laughs> but the the wheel itself beat the shit out of me. It's got like a five hundred pound torque motor, and but the game is absolutely beautiful. And I'm it's it feels a best a good way to describe it is it's it feels like it could possibly be Destiny the Racer because it's this. Because it's so overhyped and open uh, world <laughs> MMO kind of thing just okay. where you're just go, yeah, they both well, have as much story. Yeah, well, is there is there ever really a good enthralling story in a racing game? There have been some, <laughs> but I can't remember them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that says it all right there. So let's move on to Mario the Kart games we've had been a great playing. Plot. Crazy Taxi was the stuff of like old detective noir. I love Crazy yeah, Taxi. I, never, I, never I sometimes like I still play it on my iPhone sometimes. Like it's so much fun to just spend ten minutes in. And that car was durable <laughs> as hell, dude. That thing would flip over three times. That city was durable as going. hell. Like you could crash into anything and it was like invincible. Like if you're if there's gonna be an earthquake, like like an, an a world ending earthquake, that is where I wanna be. Yeah, back in the days when things lasted. I'd crash a car <laughs> into a building and no children were hurt. 
Well, I think that's also the fact that the hardware wasn't able to have good damage physics. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, let's get on to what we've been playing. Uh, we have, of course, been playing Smash Bros. And I feel like we're, we're going to have a lot to talk about that. But um, let's touch on the two big ones before that. Uh, Destiny and Shadows of Mordor. I know Derek's been playing the shit out of Destiny. I've been playing the shit out of Destiny. Um, and there's been a couple of things that came out. Uh, there was a big glitch uh, for some players where they couldn't go anywhere, but they could also see locations for upcoming DLC. And one of them was a place on Venus, and somebody posted a video today showing you how to get to that area. Um, you have to do some creative jumping and then get stuck in a, a grav lift. But when you get up there, it you know in the lower left-hand corner, it says you're entering the, the Terminus area, and that was specifically for a 2015 DLC. So it sounds like they've... They're, I don't. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I think that they they've pushed out that this is a ten year game, but I feel like they're relying too heavily on future content when they could have just let the game come out in February and have this content in there already. What What do you guys think about that? I think they're still like they're actively working on this content. Like I think there's been some misconception to like like there's you know I've seen the reports on Reddit where it's like it's like all the DLC is already on the disc and it's like no, we're working on this. It's like we know what is going to be in it, but we're not done that part yet. And, you know, like it, like this Terminus area, like it's a map. A map's a map. Like until you put your missions in and, and your enemies and everything that's going to happen in there, like it's, you, you know, and the map very well may change when the DLC is downloaded as well. Um, I don't think that's a big deal. I think it's definitely a game that, I, it's such I'm so torn on the game because it's like I have so much fun while I'm playing it but it is you know like like every every campaign mission is pretty much the same thing you know which is exactly what we were just complaining about in with Watch Dogs and with Assassin's Creed 1 but for some reason it's okay in Destiny um, I, I really don't know I'm having I'm having a lot of fun with it and I can't stop playing it and I'm, yeah. I'm gonna buy all that DLC because as little story as was in the game like everyone keeps making fun of that whole thing where you go talk to like the speaker for the first time and he's like you must have so many questions and he literally answers zero questions and the entire rest of the plot answers absolutely nothing you you know like i want to know more about this world and one thing that i thought was really cool actually but now i'm realizing that it was kind of just lazy is that you know, the whole grimoire and the grimoire cards and stuff and that i can download the destiny app and 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 for instance, like if I'm playing something like Skyrim and, you know, I'm running around the world and you're finding those books and there's all that lore and it's like tons and tons of reading and stuff. And it's like, I'm interested in that stuff. But right now I just want to like, I want to run around and I want to kill some stuff. So how often are you actually reading those books while you're playing the game? So I thought this is really cool because it means that I can just play the game. And then later when I'm not playing the game, I can read and, and catch up on this lore and all this background and stuff like that. And that was uh, awesome. I think, I think that's that's kind of like a bullshit cop out because... You know, you do something and it pops up, oh, you got this grimoire card, you got this, you know, interesting stuff that, you know, oh, I, I might want to figure out what the hell just happened because it it fills in some of the blanks. Totally, from the totally. And that's but, but you have to get off the PlayStation, you have to go to your computer, hop on Bungie.net, log in, find the grimoire card you just unlocked, 
and then read it. Totally. And then it might be bullshit. No, it is, I mean, it is kind of bullshit. I thought it was, you know, when I was playing the beta, I was like, this is really cool because, you know, I'll have the plot in the game and then I will be able, you know, if I want to get this background, I will be able to go do that as well. But it turns out it's pretty much just all within these cards. So it was, it's something that I thought was going to be really cool, but it, yeah, it's totally ended up being a cop out because that's where you get most of the plot and most of, and, and how many people on, I, I did because I'm really interested in, you know, what's to come and, and what happened before Nerd. or where we are. I, yeah, totally. But what, you know, how many people are honestly going to go and read all these cards? Like, you know, the plot, the plot should, there should be more of a plot in the game because it is bare bones as possible. And I, I, I don't right. know. I, I, I'm really excited for, you know, it's a very, we're just, a, again, their, their plans for the series or whatever are, are for the next decade so we're just at the forefront of it so the game literally is the worst that is going to ever be right now and and i can't wait for them to expand on it a bit but i wish that there was more in it like like the honest trailer said is you know it's the best seven out of ten this year but i don't know why i can't stop playing it yeah there's there's um uh, a quote I, I think probably the most spot on quote is a uh, uh, bernie from rooster teeth said um, he was describing everybody's uh, response to it, and he said, uh, this game that I'm playing every single waking moment of my life has a few things wrong with it, and that's completely unacceptable. <laughs> and I, I think that's, that hits the nail on the head, is that everybody's sitting around bitching. Like right now, I'm bitching about the Grimoire cards and the story, but when I'm done here, I'm probably going to go hop on and just go dick around for a little bit. Totally. I mean, and I, yeah, I, I love, I love, like it's pro- I've probably played it it's probably my most played game this year. It's got it's got tons of issues, but it doesn't mean I don't love it. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, now, Juan or Josh, have you played Destiny? Um, I played it a little bit. I only I haven't had too much time to play console games lately, but I was able to jump on it and get in maybe about three hours or so. So I'm not too deep into it yet. Mm. But I mean, I like what I played, but you know. If the mission, I already started feeling like the missions were repetitive, and I hadn't even played it very long, so I'm not sure if I would really keep playing it beyond uh, beyond when the story's finished and doing all the raids and everything afterwards for the post game content. But uh, as far as one thing I wanted to ask you guys, though, since you both played it a lot more, is um, I ended up completely missing the beta. But I remember when the beta came out, for the most part, the general consensus seemed like, oh, you know, that it was looking like it was going to live up to the hype. And once it came out, you know, there's so many complaints. So what do you think changed between then? Do you think people just expected more when the final version came out? Or I, what do you think was this? I think I never played the beta. I, I, but, I did. Um, I, I think okay, that the biggest, I played the beta and the alpha. I think that the biggest thing, and I read a lot uh, about this afterwards. I think the biggest thing in terms of disappointment is that the beta ended up being a much larger piece of the game than everyone anticipated. Like everyone thought that this, you know, this is just the opening area. This is just this, that you know, this is just a small part of the game and a small part of the plot. That's like it, it, people, people, I guess worked it out after. And you're looking at like thirty-five to forty percent of the actual story content, like within that beta. And so, I think the biggest disappointment was that there just wasn't a lot of like it wasn't that huge outside of that besides like of course they want everyone to get into the end game and the gear hunt and everything like that which you know if it is really truly an mmo like they're trying to brand it as then that's that that's fine but mmos also have tons of story content and this game doesn't um i think that's been the that's the biggest complaint is that yeah i played the beta and then you know my character got wiped and then i had to play this five hour chunk of the game again because my beta got wiped and then it turns out that was half the game like 
yeah, totally disappointing mm. in that in that. Sense. So it was it it wasn't it wasn't like a content beta, more of just like a like stress test beta. Would you would you Derek? Oh, oh no, no, I'm here. Uh, well, oh, it, there it had okay. tons of content in it. Is is what I'm saying? But it just had it had just as much as you know it it, it had a good forty percent of the story portion of the game in it. Like, sure, you only had one strike, and I don't think there was any raids and, and limited crucible and stuff, but the actual, like, missions, like, you had a, a huge chunk of the missions that were in the final game. Hmm. Well, I mean, we're we're still going to play it, and I'm excited for it. Uh, Juan, have you had a chance to play it? Is that on your radar at all, or are you going to gloss over it? I have not had a chance to play it at all. Um, I was going to buy a PS4 uh, with this new job, but I, that's going to have to wait until probably next month hmm. but uh, I, I am interested in playing it I just haven't had a chance to even try it to be honest I've just seen a lot of video of it so I have plenty of friends who are playing it I'm, I would love to take part in you know the missions and do co-op online but uh, unfortunately it has to wait yeah if if you get if you get the, the the ps4 bundle I got I got a bone to pick with a friend of mine um, Brian if you're listening I'm pissed at you. Uh, when you get it, the, there's a 30-day trial for PSN in the Destiny that comes bundled with the console. Well, when you're creating a PSN account, it says they'll give you a 14-day trial. And when I was doing it, I was on Skype with them, and I was like, hey, will, will I be able to stack these? Oh, yeah, 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 it'll stack, no, it'll stack, it'll stack. stack. And yeah, they don't fucking stack. So, so my, I just got charged... And I was like, oh, I better go add the Destiny time. And it's like, sorry, you can't use this Destiny time. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm kind of pissed. But yeah, hopefully um, next month, I mean, they have like the Queen. And what's the new one? The Iron Iron Banner? Yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's content that is coming out for free. And there was kind of a leak about that Mercury might be launched as a free content. Um, it, it, it brings some Crucible, but it's, uh, it's, it's, the details are murky. So there's no, it's just rumor right now. But they they did have screenshots from the pre-release of Mercury as one of the available planets. So the, if you get it in a month, there's still gonna there's gonna be new content that's gonna be more than just the base that's on the disc. So I, I'm almost more excited for the for, for the patches than anything. Like like there there's just some there's some glaring omissions. Like the there's barely like bare bones matchmaking if you can even call it that. Um, and like, there's no, there's no like proximity voice chat. Like if I'm, or, or if I'm, you know, if we're playing control, I can't talk to my team unless they're like in a fire team with me. Like, yeah. what is that? Like, like there's just, it's, it, it markets itself as this whole social MMO shooter. And then there's no social aspect to it. Like that needs to be fixed almost more than anything, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's also a pants on head retarded that the entire game is matchmaking but the end game raid, the Vault of Glass, you can't match. Oh, it's friends it. only, right? It's friends only, and it's six. It's the the only time you can have a fire team of six. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't I don't know, but hopefully we'll it, that'll all be addressed. Bungie seems to be, you know, working on it. So well, and that's we'll that's almost why that's why I'm you know hope so hopeful for its future. Is Bungie has always been a company that very 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 seriously looks at the feedback that it gets and it and it very actively. Uh, tries to make whatever they're releasing the best game that it can be. So a- again, it's the Destiny is the worst that it will ever be now. So I'm really excited for kind of what the future of it'll be. Yeah. 
Um, well, let's uh, let's touch on a couple more games before we really get into Smash Bros. and tear that open. Um, Shadows of Mortar came out. Uh, I picked it up because I wanted a break from Destiny. Uh, have been playing that more than Destiny in the last week. Absolutely blown away. Um, it's I've never played uh, any of the Arkham games. I played none of them. So I'm I. Everybody says it's very similar combat, um, and I think since Monolith is now owned by Warner Brothers, there's shared technology. Um, but I, I, I can't be more happy with the game. There's been some complaints that the the combat is it, it can easily be I don't know. You can kind of gloss through it if you just smash the same button, uh, but it's hard. I keep getting my ass absolutely handed to me, and it's it's frustrating. Have you had, uh, is it, uh, Derek? Have you had the same the same response? I feel like the the systems that are in place in the game, you know, the Nemesis system and everything like that. Like, it's probably one of the first games where I don't get pissed when I die because it's like every time you die, it has a huge effect on on you know Sauron's army and and, and people get promoted and, and the captains get more powerful and everything like that so it's almost really interesting when you do die because just just to see what happens and then yeah which is probably you know something we should touch on in case people haven't read up on the game so the game features this thing called the nemesis system which is um it will i don't think it will it's not going to be the same on like P, the xbox 360 and ps3 versions so i've heard that they had to dumb it down quite a lot for those versions of the game but for pc and ps4 and xbox one it's almost like a living, breathing, like like Sauron's got his army, he's got his war chiefs, he's got his captains, and they are all running around this world, and every time you die, or you, you'll, you, if you see a captain, you get this kind of cool, dramatic intro to them, where they threaten you, and then you go into battle with them, um, and as they die, or as you die, like, the ranks change, like, if a dude, I, I've been killed before, like, just this you know, I'm fighting a captain or something and I'm really weak. And then this little archer like shoots the final shot that it's going to take to kill me. And then, you know, then this archer, because he kills me, he gets promoted. So now he's gone from just a grunt to someone in the act, like an actual captain from the army. Plus the captain I was fighting because he survived this, you know, he's got new scars and stuff like that, but he's more powerful. Now he gets promoted too. And then they're still, they're always running around the world. So you'll see them again and they'll remember you. They'll, they'll, you know, if something of note happened in your last battle, they will actually comment on that before you go into battle with them again. And that's almost the f- most fun part of the game. The game itself, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with the, co- you know, it is, it's very much a mashup of an Assassin's Creed style game with the combat of the Arkham series which is a great you know it's a great two things to mash up I wish that there was a little bit more to I I feel like you know for instance in Arkham things like the collectibles were very cool because it had often had puzzles or riddles that you had to solve to get them where this is like I'm gonna mark it on my map I'm gonna run to it press R1 and that's it I have it um, so stuff like that is a little bit tedious and it's not as fun as it was in the Arkham games and I almost wish that you had you know, I understand that this is Mordor and it's like the humans that are left are all slaves and, and orcs are really the only things that are around. But I almost wish that you had 
a city or a couple of cities or somewhere where there was just NPCs that you could interact with just to kind of break away from the combat for a little while. Um, but everything that is in there, you know, the combat, I love the skill trees and the way that you're upgrading your characters and the, the whole rune system for the weapons, like whether you kill a captain with your dagger or your bow or your sword, that's the type of ability it's going to unlock. It's a very, very cool system. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it and the plot's cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really absolute shit with my Lord of the Rings, like lore. So I have no goddamn idea what the hell's going on it's 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 the only bit i've been able to surmise is what's been absolutely spoon-fed to you um i i do think the captain system is really 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 interesting i think monolith uh uh absolutely swung out of the park with this one i i got stuck on one of the war chiefs um and uh i figured out that all the captains and war chiefs have a proper name and then they have like a class name so in this particular character his name was Nazduk the tiny and i was getting my ass handed me to him <laughs> so i looked up a, a a vid on how to beat it and the only vid i could find on the internet was it, it was still Nazduk the war chief but he was like Nazduk the archer he was in a completely different area he had completely different strengths and weaknesses he had completely different um uh, tactics and the 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 one that i was fighting was was absolutely like god tier and the one that this other guy was fighting he was able to stealth attack him and kill him so it's it's going to be different each time you play it and it's going to be different between games and i think that's there that's something that's going to be emulated in a lot of games it's it's definitely something that's going to be copied and pasted and we're going to see it in the future just this unique now that we have the ability to have you know the the standard processing power of your you know, everyday console is going to be able to handle something like that. And it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, no, I, so, I yeah. really like, well, and like, like you said, it's just, it's, it's so much based on how you play. Like if I, again, if, if in my game, I just run up and stealth kill this dude, um, you know, he's gone, he's dead in my game. I'll never see him again. Whereas if something else happens and he kills me, this totally changes, not just, not just this character, but it changes the course of the entire army. Um, and it's, you know, every single person that plays this game is going to have a very different uh, army, a very different outcome and everything like that. It's it's really cool. And that's something that I'm almost more interested in that than the combat and everything like that. Like just seeing yeah. what happens and, and everything like that. Yeah. And, and Monolith is one of my favorite developers. They've they made my all-time favorite game, Shogo. They did the Fear series. They did Matrix Online, which is probably the best MMO ever created. And I will argue that to the death. Um, so they they did a really good job. They seem to know what they're doing. They spent their time, and this game actually got released early. So um, I, I'm happy with it. Uh, Juan and Josh have has this been on, on your radar at all, or are you even remotely interested in it? Well, here's the thing. It's like it reminds me so much of Batman around the time that Batman Arkham Asylum was released, where you know there was a lot of hype around it and buzz, but you know, people were kind of cautious because before that, Batman games were pretty terrible. And just word of mouth, once it came out, really spread to the point where it became this blockbuster franchise and almost everybody fell in love with it. And while I haven't got the chance to play Shadows of Mordor yet myself, it's like, you know, seeing the reviews and listening to you guys talk about it and everyone who's played it is just ranting and raving about it is just that now I just feel like I absolutely have to get my hands on it. 
Like if I yeah. wasn't broke right now, I would have already picked it up. But it just sounds so amazing. And it's not something you'd necessarily expect out of a licensed game, which makes it so much more uh, surprising, I guess. Yeah, and the last um, uh, Monolith did the Lord of the Rings MOBA, which kind of was just eh, okay. So to see them turn around and come out with this, it's really interesting. Um, you're going to say something, Juan? Yeah, actually, um, I went to my my favorite game store to go pick up Smash Brothers, and uh, the owner, uh, and we talk all the time when we when I go visit, and the first thing out of his mouth was, "Dude, have you played the Shadows of Mordor game?" And he had the TV, uh, the monitor going. He had a PS4 hooked up. He's like, "Dude, I, I know you're here for Smash Brothers. You got you got to play this. Do you like the Batman <laughs> games?" And he was like. And he was like, check this out, dude. And so he starts playing a mission. He's sneaking up on some orcs. They're camping out. And he kills one of them. Then he gets in a combat system with the others. And it, w- it looks so great. And he's just, just telling me that he's been playing it nonstop. Like that game took him away from Destiny for a while. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's uh, amazing. And I think, uh, not to cut you off, but there's a lot of... Um, uh, once you start to level up your character and you get to the different um, tiers in your abilities and your powers, you can you can have your stealth kill or you can go up and you kill someone quietly. Or you can do what's called brutalize where you'll run into a crowd of orcs and it's essentially like a guaranteed stealth kill. But you do it so violently and loud like, you know, a banshee coming out of the woods that it scares all the other orcs away and then they just run out of the area. And I, th- I think that's that stuff like that is really, really cool. Yeah, it's it's stuff like that. It has me very interested in picking it up. Like I'm buying a system just to play that, um, and I've never seen that owner get that excited about a game <laughs> ever. Like he he's usually just talk about it, but this is the first time where he says, "No, you have to play it." He set it up here. Here's a controller. Play. Wow. Like wow. It, yeah, it was. So I was like, okay, you know, if, if he's that excited, I'll give it a try. And I played it. I loved it. I I can't wait to to get more time with it. Yeah, and there's once you like. St- start to level up you'll you'll be dying a lot and just gain experience and power and your character will get stronger and i finally feel like my character's at a point where i can go in and just you know not feel completely overwhelmed but there's a a ability i don't have yet called um, mark where you can kind of mind control an orc and tell him like hey that captain or that war chief go and threaten him tell him like oh the ranger is coming for you you better cover your shit, and so then the next time you fight, uh, you fight him. He'll have, uh, he'll be more cautious, and he'll have more bodyguards around him. But you'll get a higher reward, or you can like mind control him to try to kill him yourself, so that uh, so you can tell him, or, oh, go go kill this war chief for me. And probably is not going to happen, but you can then show up at that that assassination attempt or that duel, and you know, intervene, and instead of fighting like a full on you know, fully strong uh, war chief, you'll get somebody who's been weak by an assassination attempt. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, it's really in-depth. Uh, the combat, I don't know, there was a, a StarCraft II streamer that made a video kind of like bitching about the version on the PC, and I, I could see where his complaints are, but this guy has, uh, his name is Destiny, plays StarCraft II, and he's kind of has a history of just being kind of a twat, so... Take that for what you wish. Uh, so let's finally, we're, we're running long on time, but we're about to get to Smash Bros. This is the title for the 3DS of the year. 
there's not going to be anything bigger probably for a while until Xenosaga comes out for the new 3DS. Um, we all had it. We were just playing it beforehand. I'm going to let Juan and Josh kind of take over this part because I feel that my opinion is going to be pretty radical. So take it away, guys. Okay, well, you could go ahead and start, Juan. Well, I was, uh, I've been keeping up with Smash Brothers, uh, you know, since they announced it. Where I was at E3 when um, they made, Iwata made the announcements coming out for Wii U and 3DS. So we were all very excited to see what was going to happen with it. Um, so far, um, it is better than Brawl. I'll say that. Um, I know there's two different camps. Um, there's the very hardcore competitive scene that you'll find at Evo and Apex and stuff like that. And then you have the people who just enjoy Smash Brothers just to play with their friends with items in the Smash Ball and what have you. Um, I think that if you're coming in expecting something like Melee with a wave dashing, L canceling, and all that stuff, you're going to be disappointed because it doesn't have any of that. Um, yeah, Sakurai did mention that he wants to make something that it meets a happy medium with a competitive crowd, but also that could be that won't deter newcomers away. Um, and I, th- I think he found it. Um, it's one of the reasons why I think Smash Brothers is you get more excited for that than you would say the new Street Fighter, just because you know that those games has such a high learning curve, and um, and you, it's, there's always that intimidation factor. Where Smash Brothers is like you know anybody can pick it up and play. Um, and if you want to make it competitive, you can. And if you want to make it fun and casual, you could. I do like the selection of the characters in there. Um, I think that the the buffs that they added to Bowser, especially, are, are astronomically welcome. <laughs> I he plays so well. What kind of what kind of changes do you have with that character specifically? Oh God, he's much faster. They changed some of his forward smashes. He doesn't have that short headbutt now. He has like a, a forward drop kick uh, okay. that has a lot more range. Um, his recovery is better. Uh, Rob is another character that I think they really improved on, and he plays so much faster. Um, his forward B, his little spin move, um, does a lot of damage to shield. Uh, he's not as slow as before. Um, and just everybody has, even with like Falco and Fox, they tweaked them just a little bit. So they are a little bit more substantially different, especially with Fox's down air. Uh, so I, I'm really interested to see how the Smash community adopts Smash 4. I know there's right now, they're very much in love with Melee. They, they're not going to give that game up for Evo next year. Um, yeah. So, uh, but with Smash 4, you know, I, I once the Wii U version comes out, because I think the big my big gripe with Smash 4, as much as I love the game and, and I can't stop playing it, uh, it does show that this game on a 3DS con- with that control scheme, um, it's kind of difficult because uh, exactly that's that, and that's what I was worried about. That I I hate the controls. I I absolutely hate the controls. I feel that the the, the slider pad um, isn't accurate enough. No, I've I've tried. I've had plenty of times, especially when we were playing, that I wanted to do a forward dash B attack, and I just wasn't quite all the way to the left. And my character did a, a downward smash and just killed itself. I killed myself so many times because I feel like it's just not uh, uh, it's just not fine tuned enough for this kind of game. And my right thumb is just it, it's killing me after you play a couple of matches, and I can't play it for more than maybe a couple of rounds of the story mode. I, I would absolutely agree. Um, I, I mean, and I and look, I've been 
like frothing at the mouth for this game. This was my game of the year. Like, wow, was this is one big purchase I was looking forward to. I love the game to death. Um, but yeah, uh, it, and then I go back and play, you know, Project M or Brawl or Melee on my GameCube controller, or, or even on the uh, Wii controller Classic Pro, um, it, and it feels so much better. And then the fact that I could just easily customize the controls the way I see fit, which kind of surprises me how we can't do that with this one. Um, yeah. It's, and, you know, the, the the one thing that I found was kind of disappointing, and I looked into it, and I, I get their, their thought process, but you can't use the Circle Pad Pro at all. And But it's going to take advantage of the C-Stick that comes on the new 3DS. Um, I was really pissed about that, but... Looking into it, apparently the CirclePad Pro takes uh, 5% of the CPU power of the 3DS. Oh. And with uh, Smash, they have the current 3DS maxed. So there was no way that they were able to do it. The thing with the new 3DS with the C-Stick is that it's got more RAM, it's got more GPU RAM, and it's got uh, a better processor. So it's built in. And then there's, you know, like games like Xenosaga is coming out for it. They have special new 3ds only carts so i i feel i feel like once i get a c-stick on it i'm gonna be more excited for it and i'm gonna want to play it more but i think at that point i'm just gonna have the wii u version and this one's gonna take a big back seat yeah i think you know i I think it's exactly gonna be the point where you know we're gonna enjoy this game it's gonna be the big game for the next six weeks until the wii u version's out and then everyone and their mom i have friends who already bought a wii u just waiting for that game um yeah and it's gonna be interesting to see how smash 4 is received once the wii u version of the game is out with the gamecube controllers with the gamecube adapter i'm sure it's gonna be far well more received and yeah you're right i think once the the wii u version it's gonna be the essential the 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 top choice to play smash brothers and 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 especially now with the 3ds, I mean, it's fun. If, if I'm out traveling with friends at a convention, for example, if we're at Anime Expo Kamikaze, plug plug. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're going to be playing Smash Brothers on our 3ds, but we all know that when it comes to competitive play, when people are over at our houses, we're going to bust out the Wii U and just play that version. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Josh, you wanted to say something? Oh no, I was just going to add it just in regards to the 3ds version. It's like. You know, I love the game to death. I've been, like Juan said, I've been waiting for it forever also. And love, you know, so much about the game. The fighting mechanics just feel really solid. The character improvements, for the most part, feel really good. But, I mean, with all of that said, I'm just more and more worried about how many concessions the Wii U version is going to take. Because we already know that, it, you know, it's missing ice climbers. Um, and there's just certain aspects where, you know, how much... I don't want to feel like I guess that the Wii U version is going to end up as a lesser game because they were because tr- Sakurai seems so dead set on keeping the two games as similar as possible, mm. and it's just like just little things. I mean, we won't know for sure, of course, until the Wii U version comes out. But for example, like Olimar was one of my mains in Brawl, and in this one, he's limited. Instead of being able to take three pick or six Pikmin with him, he can only have three, and I'm guessing that's because the 3ds can't handle can't handle all the uh, like six pikmin following him and if you had four olimars that would be what like 24 pikmin yeah but you know only i mean i don't know if any of you play olimar but only three pikmin limits him so much because he can't do anything without them and they get Mm -hmm. killed pretty easy Mm, okay yeah i i I didn't play him much on either version so i don't know ins and outs of them that's 
And that, that'll be interesting to see when the new 3DS comes out, if there's going to be any patches or upgrades to this game that'll add that. So that's yeah. something that'll be interesting to find out. I don't see Yeah, because I'd hope so, because, I mean, at this point, like, it really... With Olimar in particular, it really gives him. But just, like, little things, too, like, um, just some of the, the frame rate. Not the fighting frame rate, which is the most important, of course, so I guess it's more of a nitpick, but just certain things, like, some of the Pokemon animations are really choppy. Like, if you notice in Sonic stage, the um, swinging platforms in the background are going, like, frame by frame, like, as a, like a flip book instead of it being fluid. Uh-huh. And um, that, was, that was something that they they mentioned in one of the press conferences that the the background is purposely at a different frame rate than the characters. So right. that was that was intentional, but I can see how it it I don't think that's gonna happen on the on the Wii U because the Wii U is a, honestly like a pretty competent console. It's got some good hardware in it. I don't think that'll be a problem, but for the three D S it that does stand out pretty glaring to me as well. Right. Yeah and I remember them mentioning that, but it's just like once you actually see it in motion it's just really jarring. And just mm-hmm. overall like, you know, I'm in love with the game. I'm going to be playing it forever, like Juan said also. But, I don't know, just also the lack of modes, I feel. Like, Smash Run's just not yeah. fun at all to me. Especially when the map's so huge and you never really... Unless you go out of your way to make it happen, you never really come across the other fighters. So you're kind yeah. of just... You're kind of just, like, fighting in your own little corner for five minutes until the fight starts. And then once the fight starts, it's only a minute long and all those power-ups just... I mean, I wish there was a way you can keep the power-ups... Or at oh, least say, like, if your characters, right, like if your characters leveled up, say, like if I wanted to use the same character multiple times, I could raise the difficulty so that the computer could keep up with me. But mm. all those stat boosts go towards something more than just like a minute race or a minute fight after collecting all of them. Yeah, and I, I played it um, at PAX um, just so I could get like their free giveaway. And uh, I really did not enjoy Smash Run at all. I, I haven't even played it once now. So, I I mean, it was a good proof of concept. It'll do a lot better on the console, I feel, but it's not, it's not for me. No, I, that was I, another I, thing, too, where they were saying Smash, that I don't oh, think they're going to have Smash Run on the Wii U. What, what, was, that? what was that, Josh? I don't think they're going to have Smash Run on the Wii U. They said that it's supposed to have its own... Um, yeah, it's only a 3 single-player mode. Ooh, that's hmm, so interesting. We might get something different altogether with the Wii U version. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I was in love with subspace, so I wish we would oh, get I love something that. like that. Yeah, that was amazing. Even though I know they said they weren't bringing subspace back, but something similar. I loved, I just loved catching the uh, villains with the um, with the trophy stand. It almost felt like a like a real time Pokemon game almost. Yeah, yeah. I I I I I liked it. Um, I I do like how in this one unlocking the characters, um, you just have to. Uh, play a certain amount of rounds. I think it's like unlock all the extra characters. You have to play 120 rounds, and then you know after each 10, a new character is going to come out. And I, I like that way more than what they did in Brawl because I didn't in Brawl I didn't unlock Wolf or Toon Link because they had you uh, rolling around in subspace emissary in that cloud like end area. And I, I don't know. I felt that was just tedious. Right. Yeah, as oh. long as there's multiple ways to unlock them. I mean, unlocking them through fights is probably the best way since that's how people are, you know, that's what people are doing with the game primarily. So yeah, it's a uh, decent progression as it goes on. Yeah. Uh, Derek, uh, thoughts? I like Smash Run. 
I don't know. I'm, I like this is really my first like r- like real foray into Smash Brothers. Like I've played it. Like I, this is the first one that I've actually owned for somehow. Um, and so I am less of a competitive player. So I just like I I played probably five rounds of it today, and I was like, this is kind of fun. It's just like when I'm sick of just fighting dudes or or you know just playing some of the other mini games. Like it's just a nice distraction. Um, and like you guys were saying with the, you know, the whole, like, are we still going to be playing this when the Wii U version comes out? Like, I feel like you're under, I feel like we're under underestimating the fact that this is portable. Like it is literally in my bag all the time. If I'm going on a ferry or if I'm standing in line somewhere or like once headed at a convention or something, you can literally play Smash Brothers with the people that are around you, like anywhere that you are. And I think that that's that's a big thing and i think that again like you guys said for competitive players sure it's not going to be the same because yeah the controls aren't as accurate and that's a limitation of the hardware of the 3ds more than anything but uh for kids and for like for people that are not competitive players they're gonna have a blast with this for like a long time like people are still playing like i still play mario kart 7 uh, um, because i can it is interesting to know that that it has sold i think i think a million something worldwide i thought it was um but only eight million i thought yeah, yeah, it was a pretty high number, but it's only four hundred and fifty-eight thousand in the U.S. Uh, most of that has come from the Japanese market, where it sold, I think, a million in its first week or something. First damn two days. Close. Yeah, it, and the the mobile market in Japan just completely dominates and overshadows the mobile market over here in the U.S. So yeah, you'll be at a convention, and you'll have it, but I don't. I personally don't think that. Its portability is going to be. I don't think that it's going to be. It's going to have a long um, pedigree. It's going to have a good like life you're, on the 3ds. You're wrong. Right, and here's the thing too. Do you <laughs> think that releasing it on the 3ds first is going to affect whether or not people buy a Wii U to be able to play it on that system when they already have it on the 3ds? I think I I, I think I, it could go either way. It could it could hinder some Wii U sales if people maybe get their time in with the game like bef- you know on the 3ds version but i feel like it could also sell a lot of consoles if people are like holy crap this is amazing i want to play this with my friends that don't have a 3ds Absolutely. like at my house or something like that so i feel like i feel like it's it'll it'll sell a lot of units and it'll sell a lot of consoles because it, it's, it's, it's gonna sell more units hell. it's gonna sell more units than gonna convince people not to buy a wii u that's for sure yeah uh, yeah i already and know it, people who've already went out and buy it or said exactly like you guys said like I, um i'm gonna go buy a wii u so i can play this online because it gives them a sense like okay i already ha- i found my main i think the most reason why people bought the 3ds version other you know portability and play wherever they go is to just test out the characters and test out the new move sets that way when they do buy yeah. the wii u version they already have a feel of how they play and they can just uh, connect their 3ds game to the wii u version and they have everything unlocked that they got in the portable version that way they don't have to do the whole thing all over again yeah it's it's definitely um i don't have a wii u i have been i was gonna get one from mario kart just never did it for me but i'm definitely gonna get i'm gonna get a wii u for smash i'm gonna get the controller port um adapter which surprisingly enough it was announced today that the GameCube adapter is only going to work with Smash Brothers. It is is currently locked to Smash Brothers. You can't use those controllers in any other games. And I th- I I think that's kind of a, a shitty move on Nintendo's part because at least on the Wii there was uh, you know almost any of the games had GameCube controller mappings. 
and you know maybe in the future you know other games will do it but as it stands right now it's completely locked there's no going to be there's no way to emulate because uh, they have the pro controller they could easily emulate to the gamecube controller but absolutely not which i think is really weird yeah it's ridiculous it is nintendo there's really no reason for that especially if they're going to try to sell the adapter on everyone yeah yeah so well, um, we're getting close to the end here. We have a couple more games that I've played, but I think we'll save it for next week, um, and we'll have more stuff. Um, I've been playing The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, and I have a lot to say about it, so we'll take that for next week. Um, in a quick closing, um, for Smash Bros, uh, what's your go-to character right now, Derek? Uh, Mega Man. Mega Man, okay. Just Any reason why? Uh, he's the only one I've played. Because he's Mega Man. Because he's Mega Man, mostly. <laughs> I, well, I played my me character as well, who is a character named Cool Ranch, uh, named after the Dorito. <laughs> and he wears both a cowboy hat and a tracksuit, and he's a brawler style, so he's pretty cool, too. I thought he looked... Uh, he reminded me of Carl from Walking Dead with that hat. He, I was more going for, like, the you know, his name's Cool Ranch. He wears a cowboy hat like he's from a ranch. That was kind of the theme I was going with. <laughs> Uh, I did like uh, the way Mega Man dies. Um, it's uh, it's not just the explosion. It, it's his the the balls of energy separating like like on the NES. I thought that was a nice. Oh touch. yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, uh, Josh, your go to. Um, mo- it's Dark Pit mostly because everyone is so mad that he was in it to begin with. No, what, what what's the controversy with him? Um, just because people don't like clones and they feel like since Sakurai made Kid Icarus Uprising that there's a. Uh, bias towards putting mm. his own creations in the game, which I can honestly see because Smash Run, I think, is probably about 75% Kid Icarus enemies, but, I mean, That's I love true. the character. I was just disappointed that like, I don't know if um, all of you played Uprising, but basically it was I always compare it to Borderlands because it had so many different weapons in the game and I thought, okay, cool, if Dark Pit's in it he could have a completely different moveset because there's so many different weapons in the game, but Nope, they pretty much just made him exactly like Pit. They just <laughs> reskinned the weapons to be other weapons. Dark. Like instead of the gold bow, he's using a silver bow. But it oh. acts the same way. But I love Uprising's probably one of my favorite games of all time, so I just had to pick one of them. One of the three. So why hmm. not be the one that's the most trollish? <laughs> okay. Uh and same question to you, Juan. Go. Uh We Fit Trainer. Uh just uh the last couple of days been playing a lot with her and I'd have really like um her move set. Um, I started off playing with Lucina, but I think it's going to be Wii Fit Trainer from here on out. Yeah, she's now, do you, stick, she's my we, other one too. Are you going to specifically just stay with the girl version or can you, will you do the palette swap to the dude version? Uh, I'm on the equal opportunity <laughs> smasher. So yeah, absolutely. I'll flip, I'll flip it around from here to there. But if my go to, I'd like the female version because when she hits connects with a bunch of attacks, you'll start giving advice like, all right, guys, stretch out those shoulders. Or, <laughs> or, or like, make sure to breathe. So she's kind of trolling for me uh, when I'm cool. playing. So, um, yeah, but uh, again, it's like I say that right now. But if you ask me next week, I'll probably throw out like, Pac-Man or, you know, I'll probably throw out Mario again. I, there's just so many characters that I really want to sit and kind of learn. But for the time being, right now on October 8th, it, it's all about Wii Fit Trainer. Right on, right on. And is it just um, me or does oh. Wii Fit Trainer's voice change when she talks compared to when she's like getting hit. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing too. It, it almost sounds like it's two different people talking, but I, I'm, I'm going to have to double check that. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's like the Japanese voice when they're getting hit and then the English voice when they're talking. 
Yeah, because she sounds very weird when she gets launched. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism for something. <laughs> <laughs> a different kind of stretching. Oh yeah. Oh god. This is this is a kid safe podcast. No, it's not. Absolutely not. Uh, I have to say, I am torn fifty fifty between uh, Little Mac and Zero Suit Samoth. Samus. Um, the only reason I picked uh, Zero Suit Samus is uh, Dat Booty. Uh, and that was the only reason why I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll play her. And I liked her moveset. It, it, but it goes back to the controls that I kept killing myself with her downward A smash when I was trying to do the dash. So I got to get used to re- completely resetting the circle pad um, on the 3DS. And Little Mac, he's, he's just OP. So I dig that. So no naked shulk for you? Um, <laughs> with his no, I didn't. of doom? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't um, uh, explored that one yet. So maybe, maybe you know, like one, I'm equal opportunity. So maybe I'll change next week. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're getting up to the end of the podcast, and I want to have kind of a mission objective, air quote, a podcast question of the week for the listeners. Um, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go through this real quick, uh, but. Uh, our question for you is, what is your gaming guilty pleasure? Um, so you can email us uh, or leave a comment on the Geekscape.net um, page for this. Email us at shane at Geekscape.net. What is your gaming guilty pleasure? Now, I want to preface this. This could be interpreted two ways. Um, it could be interpreted as a game that you're super embarrassed to talk about and you like to play in the privacy of your own home. Uh, or it's one that you will, if you see it on the shelf or if someone has it, you'll, you'll just sit down and dive right into it um so let's just go around the board real quick uh derek what's your gaming guilty pleasure so first of all i put i thought about this really hard because it you know i've played a lot of bad games in my uh days um but also Mm -hmm. it's only really the first the first the guilty pleasure is the first way you said the second way is not a guilty pleasure if you will grab it and literally sit down and play it like guilty pleasure is something you're embarrassed of you're guilty you feel guilty for it but i don't want to get into that because uh, we could talk about this all day. So, okay. So first of all, back when I was first getting into the emulator scene, like as a ten-year-old boy, back in the day, I really, really, I played through in in their entirety. But I also really, really enjoyed uh, Mario is Missing and Mario's Time Machine, and the, the educational w- games. The, yes. The- <laughs> Oh my god! I think you are and, the only and I, one. The, who likes I them. do not remember them at all now, but I just remember like literally like sitting down and just not stopping until I was done them and really like having a blast with them. Um, so those were, those are probably the biggest ones. I also really enjoyed enter the matrix when it came out. Oh, oh. I love the <laughs> shit out of that. You game. shouldn't have cause it's awful, but I, I <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Well, we'll, we'll talk about this later because <laughs> I just the, remember the matrix is one of my favorite properties. Oh yeah. And... I love, I like, cause I was so huge into the matrix at the time. And this is of course like, this is just as the Matrix Reloaded uh, disappointed all of us, but um, it was a buggy mess. But I just like I remember the first hour of that game, just running through that office building and like doing the kung fu in slow mo and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is like the greatest thing. This is the Matrix, but in video game form. And then and then it fell apart after that. But I remember playing through that whole thing and loving it. 
Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I thought it was amazing that it re- it released the same day that the movie came yeah, out. Yeah, but it wasn't finished. Is the problem? It was horribly yeah. buggy. It should <laughs> but not have released. The stuff you were doing in the day. game. Yeah, it should have been. Later, the, but I thought it was cool. And the plot was oh, dumb. But, how they they just took two like two nobody characters from from the you know to, like ancillary characters from Reloaded and like made them into a big important story. Like that was it, it was a it was a looking back. It's terrible, and I would never touch it again. But I really enjoyed it at the time. I I I am with you. I like how the stuff you did in the game affected the movie. Uh, that you they had scenes from the movie in the game. Like the the big thing was going to blow up a power plant, um, and in the movie, uh, I, I can't remember. I think it was Neo or somebody blew up one, and at the same time, the characters from the game blew up the other. I thought that was cool. I thought that was nifty. You don't see that kind of stuff that often, so it was it was cool. But yeah, that, that's for another episode. Let's uh, let's close this up. Uh, Juan, what is your gaming guilty pleasure? Um, I think uh, I guess the one I'm there's one I'm not embarrassed about, uh, but I'll put in time. Like any pinball game, uh, I know the Wii U has uh, a pinball tables for Mars and Star Wars, so I can I'll play the shit out of that because I want to get the high score, um, because I have that arcade mentality that I want to be <laughs> at the top of the top three of all my friends. But uh, there there was a time a couple years ago where I was secretly all about endless ocean <laughs> oh shit dude that game was fantastic like, i there was like well, the whole there's no premise this there's like you're just on a boat and you're helping this girl document sea life and i was like i was doing missions constantly because i wanted to take a picture of this damn stingray <laughs> <laughs> and i was discovering like of ancient ruins i have both copies of endless ocean um for we uh, in my room right now, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm and I'm the only thing I'm thinking right now is like, damn, I really want to play these. <laughs> I haven't I haven't <laughs> finished the second one yet. Yeah, but, and uh, so yeah. Is that how I got my Wii Speed. I, I, oh, the oh, oh yeah, the Wii Speed. Yeah, you could do it with the partner. I I actually did do some of those with Wii Speak, but um, and I actually when the Wii Speak was going on clearance. Uh, and mind you, this is before Nintendo announced they were going to end their their online service for the Wii. I bought mm-hmm. three of them because they were like at five dollars a piece, and my goal was to get other people to play Endless Ocean <laughs> with me, and that I would <laughs> give them a Wii Speak so we can play together. That's funny. That's awesome. It feels good um, to get that off my chest, actually. All right, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that you're comfortable and you're open with us and possibly thousands of listeners uh, <laughs> and why is this the first time hearing about it i would have totally been down for an endless ocean multiplayer session i was so scared i didn't know there were <laughs> other people like me <laughs> oh you're never alone you're never alone all right um uh josh same question for you um well i'm not really embarrassed because i don't have any shame really but um first thing that comes to mind is probably dead or alive extreme beach volleyball oh yeah and it wasn't even for, well, for one thing, I thought the mechanics were really, really good. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, the women in the swimsuits and all that. But It did for I, me. Well, right. <laughs> but I remember it was, like, I had just, like, I had just started seeing Megan, who I went on to marry, as you guys know. Maybe not everyone else does. But I don't know. Maybe this is what hooked her. But I was, like, I love this game because this must be what it feels like to be a girl. Because I would just sit there and, <laughs> like... I would just sit there and try to figure out the right flower to put in my hair to go with my swimsuit and 
need to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my day. Do I want to play volleyball or lay on the beach or what was it that I was going to do? And it was, I don't know. I think I put like 300 hours into that game. Wow. So, wow. but the second one on 360 was garbage, but the one, on, mm. the first one on Xbox was fantastic. Oh, that's good to know. Good to know. Um, uh, closing up, I, I think I'm in the same camp. I don't have any shame or any embarrassment um, for what I want to play, but I think it's a pretty damn good tie. Like When this question came up, these two games popped in my head. The 50-cent game for the 360, Blood on the Sand, and the Def Jam Vendetta game on the 360. Um, I, first off, I'm a huge 50-cent fan. Um, I am staring at two pairs of his headphones, his book, um, and uh, a bunch of his records right now. So when that game came out, it was originally called Peace in the East, um, or Peace in the Middle East, but it was Peace spelled out like a gat, like your gun. So first off, I mean, that's already completely ridiculous right there, but they changed it to Blood in the Sand. And this, the premise is absolutely like pants on head retarded. 50 Cent's playing a concert in Iraq. Oh my the, God. The, the venue gets robbed and they can't pay him. So the, the venue owner's like, uh, I have this skull that's covered in diamonds. Here you go. And he's like, all right, that's good. And they're driving to the airport, and they get attacked by terrorists, and his skull gets stolen from him by terrorists. So the only motivation for the game is to get your skull back so you can get paid for the concert you just played. And then you're just killing every motherfucker in the city. Huh. And uh, it had really good co-op. You could play as other dudes from G-Unit. And it was the only game I ever... 1,000 pointed on the 360. Oh, God. You're not the only one. I I 1,000 pointed that, too, and I don't know why, because it wasn't very good, but... It, it wasn't... It, it, but it was fun. It was really fun, and it was super tongue-in-cheek, and what was... I thought the coolest thing ever is, much like in the Army of Two games, you can upgrade your guns and armor to get aggro. Like, you can have, like, the gold-plated guns so you, you can pull aggro so that your other teammate can sneak up behind him. But in 50 Cent, you had, you push the right stick down and your character would swear and like at the, you know, the NPC enemies and you could upgrade your swears uh, to like more vulgarity. So first he's like, hey, bitch. Yeah. Asshole. And then, you know, at the end of the game, you'd upgrade and be like, God, die, you fucking faggot. Yeah, come on. And you get more points for killing them uh, and then swearing at their dead body, which I thought was absolutely, absolutely hilariously funny. And it, you know, you got to get that skull back. So, and not to mention that the collectibles are pictures of Fifty Cent. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Fifty so, Cent's running around Iraq collecting pictures of himself. Yeah, and it's I don't know. I mean, he did all the voice acting, and you know, Yayo and Lloyd Banks, they all did it. And the cutscenes were a little wonky, but it was just a really fun put together game, and it sold shit compared to his first game. Bulletproof. He had more than which one was, game. He had a game called Bulletproof on the PS2 and the Xbox that was kind of him in Queens when he got shot nine times, and it sold like 1.8 million copies. It was a it was a platinum hit, and then this one came out and it didn't sell. I don't even think it broke half a million, but it was such a mu like much better game. I, I suggest if you want to do some really fun, happy co-op with a friend that's completely just out there and absurd get 50 cent blood in the sand anyone who likes gears i think would like it it's pretty much the same game we like gears and army of two kind of thing yeah yeah third person like cover mechanics and you know there was and you had like like, like assassinate modes or not modes uh, like special moves 
And I think Lloyd Banks, like, he went up and, like, just prison shanked, would just prison shank the bad guys. So it was just unabashedly just, just absurd. So. All right. Well, that was it. We are, um, looks like we're 35 minutes over what we were shooting for, but that's good. It's good to have more than less. So um, thank you guys for listening to the first episode. Please send in your gaming guilty pleasures to us, and we'll read them at the top of next week's episode. Uh, let's go around the horn. Derek, where can people find you if they are interested in what you have to say on a daily basis? Uh, well, geekscape.net, uh, where we hang our hats, as Jonathan always says. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at dcranavelt. Uh, good luck spelling that. <laughs> All right, uh, and uh, Josh? Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Inu Joshua. And of course, you can find me at geekscape.net as well, throwing around my opinion like it means anything. So there you go. You, you, you mean a lot to me. So, um, of your course, but, but our bond is special, though. It's not something that everyone else can replicate. Yes, shh, shh, shh. that's our guilty pleasure is each other. <laughs> and uh, uh, the illustrious Juan Carlos, where can people find you? Uh, uh, Geekscape as well. I have something coming up this week. Um, for Smash Brothers, and Ooh. but on Twitter they can find me at at the King of Mars. Okay, cool, cool. And um, I am also at Geekscape.net. I think it's safe to say we're all at Geekscape.net. <laughs> yeah, all um, there. <laughs> um, but I am at Channel Hair on Twitter. Um, I don't post that often, but maybe I start. Will you know? Maybe at message me with your guilty pleasure, and we'll read it on the show. Um, also, the Shane O'Hare on Instagram. Um, I. I, I'm tempted to sell my Twitter to the CEO of Royal Jet. Um, they they gave me an offer of like ten thousand dollars, and so are you serious? Yeah, CEO of Royal Jet. Um, it's Shane O'Hare, but I think uh, I never logged into Twitter. So when I saw it, it was like six months old, and they never responded. When I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please subscribe. We're gonna get this on on iTunes ASAP, um, but. Uh, you know, share it with your friends. If you have opinions on how, how our format is, if you have problems with what we said, you know, if we said one thing about Destiny that you think was absolutely shit can uh, and our opinion sucks, please let us know. Um, we love to start a dialogue. So um, see you guys next week.